Welcome to Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolinas to voices of foster care. All right, it is that time. Um, we are actually, today is a bonus episode. So everybody, welcome to our bonus episode. It's Foster Care Awareness Month. And I wanted to take a, just a little short second or two to introduce everyone to our new social media queen, Madison Green. What's up, guys and gals? So you may have seen Madison on social media. She's mm-hmm. usually the one um, on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram and sharing great stuff. So Madison, oh, yeah. where do you hail from? I hail <laughs> I hail from Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Fun fact, there's not a mountain in it. There's no mountain in no, Kings Mountain? No, it's fake. It's, it's a farce. Is it's not it? Real. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we are so glad to have you here. Mm-hmm. Madison, what do we have um, coming up? Oh, girl, you asked the right woman. So first and foremost, Bridge Camp is on the, it's around the bend. It's just around the bend. We need counselors like no other. We have a lot of kiddos in foster care coming to Bridge Camp and they can't all come if we don't have counselors. So we need a lot. We need people to sign up and they Mm. can do that on our website, lotcarolinas.com. Absolutely. Then go to our website and sign up there. Um, let's see. It seems like there was another big announcement that was coming out this week. Oh, you're so right. It's just it's just this little thing called the Be the Difference concert. Our headliner is Mac Powell <gasps> from Third Day. From Are you Third kidding Day, me? Right. He has the most incredible voice. He's like Chris Stapleton, but Jesus ear. You know, I cannot wait to hear him sing. Oh my gosh. And who else? We have Brandon Heath. He's hung out with us before. He is the bomb. He is great. And we also have Joyful Sound from North Greenville University. Susanna's sweet daughter, Madison, is a part of that group. So we're excited to see them. Yeah. And that is actually this year we're going to do that in Forest City, Mm -hmm. North Carolina at the Pops. Yep. And tickets will go on sale Friday. May 13th, this Friday at 9 a.m. sharp. Okay. So be watching our socials. Very affordable. I think general admissions, $15. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great night of um, just getting more people excited about foster care mm-hmm. because we need more foster homes and we just need more people to care yeah. about children in foster care in general. And why not do that? Why not care about children in foster care at a concert with Mac Powell? Exactly. Because Mac Powell has adopted Yes, he's the bomb.com. I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. Yeah, we need to have him on the podcast. But anyway, I mean, all right. It is Foster Care Awareness Month, um, May, all month. We're celebrating that. What have you done for a child in foster care or a foster parent? Look around, guys. There's so many that need to be served by you, not just in the month of May, but specifically in the month of May is a great time to do it. So mm-hmm. if you know a sweet foster mama, you know what? A text saying, I'm praying for you and I hear you and I see you goes a long way. Or do their laundry. Either one, mm. equally mm-hmm. impactful. But anyway, so excited to to drop this bonus episode because we have been talking to a young lady named Michaela about her story. So join me in the um, studio right now as we talk about um, more of her story. So... We left off last time talking about trash bags. So to catch everybody up, if you didn't listen to the first episode, you need to go back and catch the first episode of Michaela's story. 
Um, but you're 12 years old and you wrote an eight page letter and DSS has come to your house. Now you were living with an uncle, but DSS has come to your house at mm-hmm. 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And what happens next? Um, so she she gave me 10 minutes. She said, you know, 10, you have 10 minutes to to gather your things so that we we way we can go. And my uncle, I'm gonna start stuttering because I get nervous, but um my uncle was standing there watching me and I just remember him giving me this look like I'm gonna kill you and that's what I saw on his face just all over his face was like and he specifically said those words to me before um which is a reason why I was scared out of my life you know um but he I remember him giving me that look like you know you're not gonna make it (laughs) like I'm gonna find you I'm gonna track you down and I just had fear all over me. So you have 10 minutes to pack up your stuff and they allow your uncle to stare you down. Well, it's his house, so they can't tell him, like, go in your room and don't look. And he was also making sure I wasn't taking any of his his stuff for some reason. Um, And there would be certain things that I grabbed and he would say, I bought that for you. You can't take that. Um, Which he didn't buy for me. The stipend bought for me, so... It would just be things that I needed, like my shoes or a jacket, stuff like that. So what did you put in that trash bag? So in the trash bag, um, I had whatever clothes that I could grab. And I remember I had a whole like bucket full of family pictures that I wanted to take, but I, I just couldn't. I didn't have enough time to grab everything, enough arms to grab everything. Um, and also I was just tore up because I couldn't get past the look on his face. Um, nor could I get past the fact that my dog was there and I was having to leave my dog. Um, and my dog was the only like piece of me that I had left from my biological family. So that was really hard for me to do and was to leave her. Um, and that's not something that we ever talk about with foster care is, um, pets yeah and 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 animals are so healing Mm -hmm. I just can't even imagine so and that dog belonged to you yeah when you were living with your mom yeah so um she was a, a boxer and her name was Tessa and she was my comfort um anytime that I was hungry or you know had just been in a situation of abuse or neglect in any way, she was my comfort. So um, leaving her was the worst part of it all. So I was so distraught. Not only am I being ripped away from the bad situation that I know, I'm, you know, leaving my dog, I'm going somewhere I don't know. It's so scary because you don't know where you're going, but you're just hoping it's something better. You hope it's better than where you yes. left. So you leave with a trash bag. And I mean, how much stuff did you actually get to take with you? I, I think I had two trash bags. Okay. Two, two trash, trash bags. bags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And at that point you get in the white car with the emblem on it. Yes. And um, where did they take you from there? Um, they took me to the office because the first instinct after reading my letter was just to take me. It wasn't, where are we taking her? And that's how they explained it to me was, you know, where we're going to take her to the office because we need to get her out of this situation. So basically we went to the office and I remember sitting there and the the social worker was calling placements in front of me. Um, 
and asking them, you know, like, do you, do you have a spot for a 12 year old girl? Um, you know, we have a 12 year old girl in care. Um, they would just give them a brief description and it was either a yes or no. And I sat and watched the social worker call all of these foster families to see if they had a place for me. Um, and how did they describe you? How did that social worker, and had you ever met that social worker before? I hadn't met that social worker before, and I remember kind of just blacking out. Um, I don't remember how they were describing me because it was one of those things um, where when I think about post-traumatic stress or PTSD, I look back and I'm like, these were the moments that I had to block things out because um, you're a file you're a file when you're in care and they're going to read off this history about you being in foster care. Um, so I remember sitting there in front of the social worker and just kind of blocking it all out and thinking about my dog and like, I was a kid. So I was just sitting there just, but that's very traumatic to, to happen because as a 12 year old kid, they're just making these phone calls and they have to do that. I understand they do that. Have to do that yeah. But reject, I mean, it doesn't matter why the foster parent can't take you. It's another rejection mm -hmm. in your life. Yes. Yeah. That is so hard. Yeah. So I, I assume they finally found a yes mm -hmm. from foster parents. Yes. And what happens next? So my first placement was with precious Mama B and Papa B. And um, it was the best first placement. And that's really what I can say is I had a great experience with my first placement. Um, they were, Papa B was a, a pastor and he was a retired vet, um, out of the military. He had, you know, been stationed in Germany and all over the country and he was just an awesome guy. Um, so it was really nice to, to be able to experience his stories and just the things that he would talk about being in the military, but also Mama B was the type of person who basically just, cared about everybody she was the grandma who had all the kids all the time all the kids all the time so it was a very nurturing loving home um unfortunately mama b was diagnosed with bone cancer um and this was about a year into the placement i stayed with them a long time um until i absolutely could not stay with them anymore um so mama with mama b was diagnosed with bone cancer and she was at the position in her life where it was really hard to have teenage placements, which I totally understand, especially coming from foster care, um, because there was a lot of work that needed to be done in me, especially um, being so traumatized. So she just did not have the energy to be able to do that with me because she was fighting cancer. Mm -hmm. um, so she thought that she was doing the right thing by putting me into um what's it called respite because I'm sure in her mind she's thinking that you needed more attention than she could give right and that she felt like wherever you were going to go would be better right than where yes. she was but yes. so that sounds like maybe that was not the case yes it was not the case um she but she was doing what she was given the information with I right I didn't say that right but she was doing what she could. She was told that these yes. were good people. Yes, she was told these were good people. She called around to, you know, different social workers 
um, to get a recommendation about who could take me and who had an opening. And she kind of described, you know, the situation and that she was diagnosed with a terminal illness that, you know, she couldn't control. So at this point, you're 13? I'm 12 still. I thought you said you were with them a year. I was, but it was literally. You I, just I, turned 12. I just turned 12, yes. Okay. So, and so I did have a birthday with them. So I think that I did turn 13 there. So you did turn 13 there. I think so. Okay. The birthdays and stuff are wavy. I know. Because most of the time you didn't even realize it was your birthday. But I understand that a 13-year-old girl can be scary. Yeah. It, I mean. <laughs> it can be scary, especially, you know, when you come from, you know, previous um, neglect and abuse because you have a you need an adult that can give you a lot of attention and can help you work through what you're going through or what you've dealt with so um basically you know she called around she found another foster home that was local so this is how awesome mama b was she wanted to keep me in the same school she wanted to find a placement that had other teenage girls and she you know got all the information for this home, and I remember her telling me about them when she was taking me. Um, so she came into my room, and she told me, she was like, Michaela, she was like, none of my kids know this, but I'm telling you this because you deserve to know this. And it made me cry thinking about it because she is just, she was a great woman. Um, she was like, I've recently found out that I have bone cancer, and I will not be able to continue fostering for a while. Um, maybe at all. So um, I have to, you know, relocate you. And she said, I've done all this work to find a placement for you. And this placement has other teenage girls. They're still in the community. Um, you know, they're, it's, it's a teacher. Mm -hmm. She was a teacher. Oh, that's good. Um, she was a teacher and her husband was a doctor or a dentist. I can't, I can't remember. It was like a dentist or a doctor or something like that. Yes, it all sounded good, right? It all it sounded did. good. On paper. Yeah, it all sounded good. So basically she, you know, took me there and <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> it oh, was no. not good. Um, they took all of my belongings um with the within about thirty minutes of me being there and told me I had to earn them back. Mm. Um and that me earning back my belongings were solely based on my behavior. Uh so that was really frustrating when I, as soon as I walked through the door. But then um, there was also things like I had to earn food and I had to earn more food than what I was given. And I had to wait to eat until the biological kids ate first. I feel like there's an eight-page letter coming out of this. Mm -hmm. Did you write another nope, letter? I didn't. Uh, I actually made a TikTok about this. Uh, it kind of blew up. Um Basically, I was eating in the kitchen, living room, bar area, whatever. And I'm just saying that because I'm visualizing it. But she had given me an egg, one egg. And I asked her, I was like, can I have more breakfast? Because by the time I get to school, there's not going to be breakfast and I'm going to be hungry. And she got up and she basically said some very vulgar things about my biological mom and said that if it wasn't for my biological mom, I wouldn't be in this situation in the first place. Um, and so that I retaliated in that moment and I actually hit her 
Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well. So I was in the situation that I felt like, you know, really angry. And well, so I would be angry too. So I <laughs> didn't do the right thing, but <laughs> well, um, it's 13 year old Michaela. Yes, I don't, I don't know I what anybody would expect from that. But. Yes. I reacted and I hit her and, um, it was really bad. So basically within three hours of that occurrence, I was moved. Okay. And I did not go to school that day. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us today for Foster Carolinas. Were you inspired by something you heard today? Well, we want to encourage you to make the next step, whatever that is. Everyone can do something for children in foster care. If you're not sure where to start, go to our website at www.lotcarolinas.com and see what you can do.